after I got shot out and I was like in the dead box, he comes up to me and he's like, so what happened? And I was like, what do you mean what happened? I got shot. And he's like, yeah, where'd you get shot from? Where'd you go? Where were you looking? And who was shooting at you? And then it started to like dawn on me that there was a little bit more to this like speedball stuff than I'd actually realized. And, um, and then I, I started getting into the team stuff and, um, yeah, it just became so much more fun once I realized that there was a lot more to it than I initially thought. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 3 of Down Under Paintball. Today we're joined by Will McDonald, also known as Wimpy. For those of you that don't know him, he's one of our big contributors to paintball coming in from South Australia. He's done a lot with uh, the South Australian scene, uh, yeah, helping promote them. He's done a lot with with the Super 7s over on the East Coast, uh, doing a lot of filming, a lot of photography. So he uh, really covers a lot of bases in paintball, and we're going to find a bit more about him today and a bit more about his history. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Down Under Paintball. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the South Australian paintball team and to help a uh, paintball scene rather. And to help me with that, I've got Will McDonald. Thanks for joining us. No problem, Scotty. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for giving up your time and helping out with the show. So uh, no, it's an before, honor. I, I love the initiative. I love the initiative you're doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, definitely a little bit harder than I, I thought. This it's uh, a bit more work goes into it, but I'm learning every every episode we do. So uh, thanks for thanks for putting up with it. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. So uh, let's start at the very beginning. So how did you get into paintball and what was your first paintball experience? Well, I think I have a very different experience than many others. I, um, like I've told this story to a few people before and over the years I've probably embellished it. I don't really know exactly if this is how it all went down, but I recall living with a bunch of guys at what we called the Parkton House and we were playing video games late into the night one night we're playing like um, GoldenEye or something like that. And one day we were just like, why do, why do we sit here on a, playing video games? We should go get paintball guns and just play paintball. And to, to my recollection, which again might be flawed, we jumped into the car in the middle of the night and drove uh, to the next state over, which was 20 minutes away, to the 24-hour Walmart and just straight up bought paintball guns at like 2 in the morning. And uh, the next day, we just like not knowing what we were doing and, and probably not being too safe about it either, just started tinkering with paintball and trying to figure out how much it hurt and that sort of thing. And, you know, we just started playing in the woods out in the back, you know, no chronograph or anything. Wow. Every now and then we would we would try to like dial the guns up or down, but not necessarily out of safety. It was more like, oh, I, I don't want Drew to have an advantage. His looks like it's shooting faster, so I better <laughs> dial mine up. Um, and, uh, yeah, we all had these rubbish guns. They were like spider clones called eradicators and, um, eradicators. yeah, the eradicators, <laughs> they were awful. And so we would just like go to the local sporting goods shop and buy CO2 canisters and we'd have to like fill them up before a day of play. And we'd always be looking for somebody who had some land and they'd let us on and, you know, we'd get like two on two, four on four. And like, that's just what I thought paintball was. Um, eventually I, I found out that there are actual like paintball fields and there's events and things like that, that you can run. Um, 
and I, I eventually came into like uh, big games and scenarios and uh, bush ball, which I thought was like pretty exciting. So started yeah. doing that oh, a little bit. It is. Yeah, well, being a bush pig, you would think that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, always always more fun in the bush. <laughs> but um, I then you know I moved on to like a Titman. I thought, oh man, I got a Titman. This is awesome. And uh, started playing uh, like scenario bush ball. And I just remember one day being at one of these events where uh, there was some speed ball going on as well. And they had like hyperball fields and some some air bunkers and stuff like that. And I just remember like getting ready to play scenario and seeing these guys out there and a game would start and there'd just be like twice as much paint in the air straight away that I was going to shoot all day long. Like I was just blown away by this like tournament like speedball stuff that was happening um at these events on the side at the time it wasn't really my thing though i was still just doing all this woods ball bush ball stuff um and it was fun i did enjoy that um but eventually i moved to yeah go i was just gonna say what what sort of year was this what what time period do you you oh yeah that's a tough one um i have no concept of time or space so let me think (laughs) um it might it maybe 2001 maybe yeah maybe 2001 yeah okay um yep. eventually i've been around that if they had air, air like the air, air ball bunkers um yeah uh, they yeah. come around until around and i think so that sounds I about right <laughs> they were they were just sort of popping up this field in particular uh, still had a big corrugated hyperball field and that seemed to be like the thing everyone was still you know it's got come full, it's come full circle right everyone loves hyperball again yeah hyperball as they call it wiperball i've heard it <laughs> wiperball well you know you probably have to wipe some because you're getting all the paint splatter off of those uh bunkers right yeah it's, it, it reminds me uh, i've seen photos of that and people playing in the woods you know behind the, the old stick just a barricade made of sticks and just covered in spray. It looks, it looks like a messy old time. Yeah. Um, eventually, I did though. I, I kind of got into the sort of speedball tournament scene when I, I moved to a, a place called Charlottesville, and um, and there really wasn't any uh, bush ball, woods ball sort of a scene there. But there was a paintball store five minutes down the road from my apartment, and there was a tournament field. 20 minutes from my apartment and I was like well either I quit playing paintball or I adapt and um yeah it was pretty quick that I just kind of packed up my camo and whatnot and started playing speedball and uh yeah I I, except for just like the odd fun day I kind of haven't really turned you know looked back ever since so did you take to the speedball field with your tipman or was there an upgrade there Eventually, but I 100%, I went out there with like a Titman with a flatline barrel and <laughs> it was very intimidating to go out there and everyone's like, you know, wearing their tournament gear with proper guns and I've got a flatline barrel on a speedball field. <laughs> um, you can swing the flatline barrel. Is that the one you can you can shoot paintballs around corners? Uh, that's the apex. The flatline barrel okay. yeah. puts the backspin on it, but you can't change it. So it's just goes like straight and flat you can't yeah, you know around okay. corners um but I, i'll never forget one of those days when i was out there playing because I, I at the time just thought like okay we go out we hide behind stuff we try to shoot more people then we get shot and one of us will win 
And I went out, and my buddy Owen, at the time, I didn't know him, but he became a really good friend of mine. He, um, after I got shot out, and I was like in the dead box, he comes up to me, and he's like, so what happened? And I was like, what do you mean what happened? I got shot. And he's like, yeah, where'd you get shot from? Where'd you go? Where were you looking? And who was shooting at you? And then it started to like dawn on me that there was a little bit more to this like speedball stuff than I'd actually realized. And um, and then I, I started getting into the team stuff. And um, yeah, it just became so much more fun once I realized that there was a lot more to it than I initially thought. So was there, was there a, a, a big scene for that, like a, a tournament, a local tournament scene? Or were you traveling uh, when you started getting into that a bit more serious? There was a healthy local tournament scene. There was like a really healthy grassroots sort of a three-man series that was going on. So um, the local paintball store was called uh, Rudy's Paintball. Uh, Rudy Deans, he was pretty well known for um, his custom auto cockers, Rudy cockers. Um, so he had a couple of paintball stores, he had a couple of fields, and he ran a three-man series. And um, so that was like the, there was um, this heart of this community was around this paintball shop. And lots of different friends had different teams, and, you know, they'd go enter these uh, tournaments and, and play and get cash prizes and stuff. It was, it was good, but it wasn't like hugely competitive. Um, there was another sort of competi- uh, competing paintball field and store called Skyline Paintball, and there was like a healthy rivalry between Rudy's and Skyline, which was like really fun that, you know, we hated them, they hated us. Yeah, there's um, always, always got to be a good rivalry between between paintball stores, doesn't there? Yeah, uh, it was so good. Um, so Rudy's was such a, a an integral part, and it was like, it was at Rudy's where I started to learn this concept of paintball family. And I realized, like, there was people that played on other teams, and we were shooting at them on that Sunday. But, like, they're still, like, our paintball family. And we, they became, like, really important to us and close friends. And over time, um, Rudy's had to kind of close down, and he consolidated to one store that was further away. And an interesting thing happened in that um, a lot of the players from those other teams that were part of that community were just absorbed by the team that my buddy Owen and I started, the Rockin' Cox, which was just a pump team. So <laughs> okay. wow. the the, the big cool players who we were playing against, they they ended up just joining us, and we had this big pump team family in Charlottesville that that lasted for quite some time. That I was we're really quite proud of. So was there a pump division that you were playing on, or were you guys just going on the field and and taking on golf shooting in semi order? Yeah, it's the latter. There was no pump scene, and that wasn't the point. The whole point was we're going to take pump guns into a tournament against open, you know, an open tournament, and we're going to hurt some feelings. That was the that was the whole point. And we did a pretty good job. Like, you know, it was very, very rare that we'd make a podium, but it was even more rare that we would finish in the bottom half. Like, we we did pretty well. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess it takes a lot of uh a lot of skill to to step on the field with a pump but it probably probably takes a lot of balls as well i, I appreciate uh, it can be uh yeah it could be pretty daunting sometimes that's, oh, that's that's a cool yeah that's i reckon yeah big props for doing that that's that's amazing so, well, in, many, uh, so in many cases i think uh the uh, opposition were maybe a little bit more intimidated because they have everything to lose they're playing a pump team they need to win whereas we're supposed to lose so we don't have anything to lose do you know what i mean yeah, and I guess um, you probably saved a bit on the paint bills as well. Oh, that's that's for sure. 
that's probably the reason I join a I join a pump team at, at the moment to try and save some money. <laughs> I think my first uh, pump turn uh, my first tournament, uh, we were shooting um, phantoms with ten round feeds on the top, and I think in the entire tournament there might have been like I don't know, to ten eleven teams. We finished in the top half, and our entire team shot 600 balls or so. There you go. There's a – yeah, you don't uh, – I guess it goes to show you don't need to shoot boxes of paint to, to do well at tournaments. You can you can do it with 600 paintballs. Well, six, shooting boxes of paint is, is sure fun, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I've, I do own a pump, and I've, I've gone out a couple of times and played with it, and I tell you that – it's it's a different feeling. I, I I reckon it. If anything, I sort of liken it to that first few times that you played and you shoot a guy and it's just like wow, I, I just you know I finally shot someone, I finally did it, and then you do it with a pump gun on a field. It's just it's a different feeling shooting someone with them. It it takes uh it takes a lot of skill and uh, you don't really get uh, to spray and pray. You just sort of you got to make that first shot count. Absolutely. What what what's your what's your pump gun? Um. So I got uh, a WGP Ranger, I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I got it on a on a good deal. It was a one of the shipping container clearance. They just needed the room at a field, so I got a I got a, a good gun. <laughs> nice. But uh, unfortunately, I'm left-handed, and they have the right-angle feed neck oh, for the hopper, yeah. so I, I get a hopper in my face every time I try and try and play with that. So it's good uh, fun. I can't even pick up a right feed, left feed pump gun. It's got to be center feed, or it's, I'll just go home. Yeah. <laughs> so, so where where to next after your your uh, you're on your pump team? You you guys are stepping on on next on the field. <laughs> yeah. Well, so some interesting things happened there. Um, there was um, initially the whole plan was we enter semi teams, we hurt feelings. That's what we do. Um, and we had some great leadership over the years. Uh, my buddy, like I said, Owen, he was a big part of that. My buddy, Crispy Cream, he then sort of took over uh, leadership. And, and uh, another good friend of mine, James Spoon, we called him. Those guys really innovated things. And um, it, was, it was Crispy that came on and started to push for like entering pump tournaments. And not just like local pump tournaments, but let's go travel and like really make a mark on the pump scene and i think that's when the the rock and cox team was started to like build a real name because you know we're entering in uh psp pump division um some of my lads were playing world cup pump division um and uh you know like a few years ago i was out at sevens and i was talking to blake yarber who came through the pump scene and he talked about like he mentioned my team like well I brought it up and he's like oh yeah I know I know the Rock and Cox we we played against them back in blah 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 and oh it was like music to my ears it was just so cool that somebody like Blake recognized the team that we started in Charlottesville so um, eventually it kind of pulled away from playing against open tournaments and just playing more competitive more like nationally recognized um, pump tournaments and yeah I, I didn't even know that there was that that was that big of a scene uh, in the with the pump guns. That's that's cool. Yeah, well, I reckon you know all the major events would have a pump division, just like nowadays they've got mech divisions and that sort of thing. Um, I think uh, I think pump players are probably considered as being like elitist or snobbish uh, amongst the larger community, but 
Um, yeah, so eventually, though, I think I think the team started to kind of crumble a little bit because I think some really were like, nah, we, we play against semis and we hurt feelings and others are like, oh, but we're making a, you know, making our stamp, we're, we're stamping our name, doing the whole competitive pump thing. And um, also, you know, paintball and people have lives and kids and girlfriends and eventually they they kind of uh, faded out um, kind of when I was uh, moving over to Australia. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, yeah. What was the move to Australia for? Was it work or? Um, well, my wife, uh, I met my wife in Baltimore, Maryland, and she's, uh, she's Australian. She's from Adelaide. Cool. So, um, it was to, to come and, and be with her and with her family and get to know her side of the world. And I'll be honest, like I visited Australia a couple of times beforehand and, you know, moving to Australia, it was no, I mean, it was a sacrifice. I miss my family. I miss my friends. But Australia is a pretty inviting place, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it's, uh, and Adelaide's probably probably one of the the better places of Australia as well. It's. I was only just talking to someone today about. Uh, I wish we could move move to Adelaide. So it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a good part of the world. I uh, I've only been there once, but it was. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Look, we're trying to keep that a secret. <laughs> Yeah, if, uh, well, you never know. I might might find myself back in that neck of the woods soon. Well, you know, any anybody uh, who's ever interested in coming over for an event, you know, the the local the local teams, the local community tries to get around anyone who wants to come and visit. So you just gotta let us know. Yeah, awesome. I'll I'll keep that in mind. So so what was what was uh what what was the scene like when you when you landed in Adelaide? Did you did you immediately go out looking for a, a pump team to join? Um, I absolutely had that uh, as you know, on my agenda because um, the 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 Rock and Cox or the RC Armies, sometimes we call it, um, they were still competing at the time I was here, and I kind of felt compelled that I needed to like now establish the, you know the Australian RC Army over here to just kind of still be building the scene, building the brand, and in a way still communing with my brothers and sisters back home you know to to keep that connection with my paintball family back home so i don't know if you remember bills do you remember bills paintball um no the name rings a bell but yeah i i don't back in the day bills paintball was like the australian paintball forum and it okay yeah it's it's the way people communicated yes it was like before facebook really had an australian paintball presence so, yeah, when, uh, it was when forums were the were the way to talk. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, I do remember that now. A lot of lot of heated debates on that, and uh, very uh, people were very opinionated about certain things on that. It was sometimes maybe it's a good discussion. Oh, that's right, and it's all still there. I think you can still find all that. Just like PB Nation, it's you know, you know, keyboard warriors. Well, there and, you go. There's. As a history lesson, if you if if you want to do some digging, you can you can dig on Pil- Bill's paintball. That's I didn't I didn't even think to to look there. That's that's a good a good point uh, point there. <laughs> I reckon it'd still all be there, but I um I, I started reaching out there to try to get a sense for like the legality of paintball and what's the league like. Uh, are there leagues? Um, 
And there was one person who was pretty responsive whenever I posted questions, and then they went by JSC Liaison Neo. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but this guy's helpful. Cool. Um, I first got to Australia. I, I really had to focus on like employment and that sort of thing. But eventually I got to a point where I was like, okay, I need to find paintball again. Got back on bills and I just, I kind of posted a resume. Like I posted some videos that I'd made in the past. I talked about my team. And so some dude named Funky reached out to me oh, and he's like, okay. there's a tournament coming up and I need a player. So if you're in, I'll come pick you up. And so um, this lad came to pick me up, and it turns out his name was Simon Breeding. And Simon uh, ran with Fusion Red, which uh, there were three Fusion teams in South Australia. He played for Fusion Red, which was sort of like their B team. Um, And he took me out to my first paintball tournament, which was in 2009, a SAPA tournament, SAPA Round 4, which was a Scotty Stokes Memorial Tournament. And I got to play with uh, Fusion Red. And uh, that was awesome. Like, at the time, the scene here in South Australia was pumping. There was, like, 20 teams or 20, 22 teams, something like that. We had two fields, two five-man fields running at the same time. Refs Inc. out, you know, running the show. Paintball Pete was out there. Jilly was out there. Um, and we had teams like Kill Switch from Perth starring uh, Zach Hunter Kozerski and um, Dan Woods was on that team back in the day. Okay, kill switch. Yeah, the, the name rings a bell. I remember reading about Fusion actually in the Australian Paintball magazine. It was out around that time. I do remember those the jerseys that they had. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I'd be, I, I had one copy of APM. I had one copy. I'd be keen to, to track down some more. Yeah, I, I found a whole bunch about a year ago, and I can't remember what I did with them, whether I kept them or not. So I'll have to try and dig them too, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that, that was my first, that was my first uh, time playing here, and the scene just looked really promising, and it was a lot of fun. And also at the time, Sapa was like, um, you'd play hard all day, and then at the end of it, everyone would like open up a beer and start cleaning bunkers and just hanging out and chatting, and it was like, it was pretty sweet. It was pretty cool. Was that um, sort of what you... Was there that paintball community with all the teams back back home uh, in the States? Did you find oh, that a bit of a difference? Yeah, it's definitely different. And that's something I've kind of been reflecting on lately is that um, the, the scene in the States, not that I was ever, you know, a huge uh, cog in, in that scene. You know, I, I went to a couple of like major events really as a spectator, but I really only played in sort of like, you know, local local tournaments. I did some traveling um, interstate, but, uh, over there, you just kind of feel like, you know, there's this sea of players and, uh, there's just so much going on and it's so big. I mean, it's, it's still, uh, you know, a small community compared to say like NBA or something like that. But, um, here the paintball scene in, in Australia, I think people are more, people are more known and, and you, you know, of other teams interstate and, you know, of players and, and it just feels like, uh, it might not be as big, but it's more connected. That's just my impression. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I think, just our laws sort of hold back the, the potential of how many players there could be. So I guess it's that small group that we, we really do have to band together. Otherwise, um, you'll, you'll end up having no one, no one to play with if, 
if we all uh you know if we all sort of have our blinkers on and just stay in our in our little world and play with a couple of teams so yeah it's it, it does i do hear that quite a lot from people that come over from the states that they yeah you know that i was i just a, a story i remember i heard some guys saying that at a just at a presentation that was surprised at the amount of people that actually come and watch the other teams get trophies they said man this is it's only the top three teams that normally come get their trophies and go home mm. so they were surprised by things like that it's, oh yeah uh, i just say that it was like that in south australia I distinctly remember back in the day, you know, competing and just like working so hard all day in a five man event and this team clockwork wins and, uh, you know, everyone's just kind of dirty and we're like, ah, whatever. Everyone's just packing up their gear and there's a presentation going on over there and they're like, oh, you know, clockwork first place. And there's like three people clapping. Everyone's like, whatever, (laughs) packing. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's, um, you wouldn't really get that over here. It's there's everyone. Everyone hangs back. The referees are having beers with everyone. It's it's yeah. It's it's definitely like a. I think people just hang out to. They don't really care about the result. Some people. It's just more to to spend time with your friends at a paintball event. Mm. Well, I haven't. You know, I, I don't play so much lately. I I've, I've kind of been focusing on other ways of of getting around the sport. But um, nowadays, when I do play. Uh, I think I'm just having more fun now because any day that I play paintball now, no matter if it's a tournament or whatever, I'm just like, whatever. I've, I've got a couple of people who are good people that I, I'd like to just play with them because they seem like good fun. Um, this tournament seems like it's good fun. Let's have a crack. And uh, hey, we didn't finish last. Sweet. And, you know, I think that that um, when you're just out there to have a fun, have fun it, it kind of like liberates you a little bit and it maybe even make you play a little bit better. Um, not that like if you're, takes, I was just going to say it definitely takes the pressure off. When yeah, you, when you well, have it fun. does. It does. I do want to say though, like, you know, if you're out there to, to win and compete, like, yeah, you, you definitely need to take a different approach, but, um, it, it does make, uh, it does make playing paintball fun when you're just there to have fun. You have more fun. Yeah, definitely. So you, you said, uh, in 2009, when you jumped in the sapper, you, you said it was really big then. Did that continue for, for many years or, or was there a change that sort there of was shifted? Definitely, yeah, there's definitely a change. Um, I think we still had five men, maybe in, maybe in 2010. I, st- I think we were still drawing teams from interstate. But uh, there was a huge downturn at some point. And I don't know if it coincided with like a global financial crisis or you know, just the rhythms that come with paintball and life and that sort of thing. But we had a huge downturn and five man eventually faded to three man. And there was there was even a year there where, you know, five uh, Sapa was uh, I think it was four, but maybe five events a year. And we had a couple events that were just straight up canceled. And eventually the, the Sapa tournaments, they almost just be turned into like punter days, like training days we had a, a sapa event but it wasn't even a tournament people would just come out and have a shoot and it was um it was getting pretty pretty dire um yeah. okay but the uh the 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 thing that kind of changed that around was um so ash ashley appleby uh came onto the scene and i think he kind of wanted to you know make uh, make his like put his stamp on, on, on the scene. He had a vision for what he wanted to do. Um, and he wanted to t- kind of set up another, 
another series. And, you know, I, I certainly won't go into detail. I think there was a little bit of tension between um, some parties at the time. But eventually, uh, Ash's uh, piano series kind of took hold. And at first, it was a three-man series. Um, and over time, it's built up. And now it's it's become a five-man series. And we're getting more and more teams out to come and play. So it kind of feels like we're getting some really positive um, momentum back with paintball. And, you know, we're, we're getting new people out playing and new teams are burgeoning. And, you know, you go out to uh, the events nowadays and there's like little families on the sidelines and, you know, kids watching daddy out there playing. And there's like, um, yeah, it's just little families out, people coming out to watch because they'd heard about it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really lovely now. And hopefully it's just a sign of uh, things to come. Do you think it's been even pulling some people out of the woodwork that sort of fell out with the sport for a little while? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure because we're definitely getting new people. And at the same time, we are having some new people, like some like uh, older people coming back to the sport. There's a little bit of that. But there were like lots of teams in South Australia back in 2009, 2010 that you know, every now and then we hear from them or one player might come out and have a look. But, you know, those teams are gone. They're not really they're not really around anymore. So we're not we haven't been able to rely on sort of the old guard. So uh, through a, a lot of other people's efforts, um, more people are coming in. Um, I will I will say my boy Bryce McPherson, he's a guy who plays for uh, Adelaide Assassins. I might be speaking out of turn here, but I think he found out about the tournament scene in South Australia because of my YouTube channel and some of the videos I posted up. So I'll take a little yeah, bit okay. of credit. I'll take a little <laughs> bit of credit. But um, there there are people like uh, Ryan Richter, who uh, leads the Assassins. He runs gel ball events out here at Skirmish SA, and okay. they do that to be able to cool. to get money for their team so that they can keep competing. And at the same time, they use that, um, they, they demo paintball during the lunch breaks of their gel blaster events. They they hand over their markers yeah, okay. to the gel blaster folks and say, come try paintball. And we're starting to get um, people, you know, like converts. So there's, there's yeah, well, other people So are gel balls, are they, are they legal over there, the gel blasters? Yeah, I certainly hope so, because there's some pretty big oh. events that happen over here. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's... You guys are lucky if they are. It's people are going to jail, I think, over it in New South Wales, but they wow. should be legal. Well, I would <laughs> look. I wouldn't be surprised if things change drastically and, and and the government tries to shut it down because, you know, that's what happens. But yeah, um, people having fun. <laughs> yeah. But there's you know there's a couple of people that really work hard to try to get other people playing. Again, Jim Jim from the Jokers. The Jokers are kind of the heart of the paintball community over here. Um, we've got this team Havoc, uh, Phil has this, his team Havoc. He used to, the, the Havoc boys used to be largely used to be fusion and, um, you know, they had a good run at, uh, okay. super seven semi-pro took second place recently at super seven semi-pro. So they, they're also yeah, pulling. Right. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, I was, uh, unfortunately at home for, for that round, the super sevens, but I did, I did see them on the. On the screen, I didn't realize that. I saw some social media posts, but it's good to see uh, SA teams coming back over and competing on the on the east coast. 
Yeah, well, those Havoc lads are, are working really hard to, to make an impression over there. And, uh, yeah, they took second place. And uh, just a side note, I did notice the uh, the commentary had really, the quality had just dropped off in that last sevens. So mustn't must have been you. Yeah, I'll... yeah. <laughs> we'll, say, we'll just say that. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, so, so back home, you've... Uh, What's the scene like as far as fields? Like, how many different options is there for people to play, and and how many of those are catered to speedball and to what's an airball field? Back in the states? Uh, sorry, but in in SA in the okay. Australia. Yeah, look, that's a that's a tough one because I am incredibly biased and focused on one field, and that field is skirmish SA. And the reason I'm I only really deal with skirmish SA largely. Is because that is the living, beating heart of the like tournament paintball community. Um, uh, there are a couple of other uh, fields nearby, and and there was, um, you know, there's there's a, a couple that had like really just kind of fun, bushball fields or um, sort of like uh, like wild west fields. I forget what the concept fields. Okay. Like really good like yeah things and stuff yeah because I I uh yeah there's some interesting fields out there that's for sure sometimes they don't play that well but they definitely look good in photos yeah well there there are some uh, unfortunately my second favorite field uh, about oh, it would have been like maybe five years ago um just suffered too much damage in a fire you know one of these large fires bush fires that we had and I don't think they could recover but um. Brenton Rue, we call him Rui at Skirmish SA, he's the guy that just, you know, opens every possibility up to have, you know, that, that tournament paintball scene. There's other, there's other fields you can go if you just wanted to, like, you know, have a buck show and, you know, finish the day by making the groom run through, uh, <laughs> you, you know, shoot the groom up yeah, a bunch just, of times. It's really not what straight I'm up, after. Just, they just they just cater to really just to rental paintball. Essentially, yeah, essentially. Um, so uh, I'm very biased. I, I just I just you know look to skirmish SA. That's where you know that's where people go to train. That's where um, you know different teams have keys to the field so they can go out there and they can help tidy up and they can build the field up a little bit. They can train. They can work with Rui to to make the facilities better and plan for events that are coming up. I mean, that's that's where the community is, and that's that's what I'm all about. Yeah, it's it's cool that they let other field other teams have have keys to the field. That's that's awesome. It just shows that you know there's a lot of trust and and it sounds like a pretty tight knit community there. It is, and the trust is definitely earned. It's not something that's uh, you know it's just given away. Um, but uh, it is you know it is. We're lucky to have it, and um, we we try to we try to give back. You know, like I said, if if it wasn't for Rui, uh, I I just don't know that we would be able to have a a proper tournament community here in South Australia. We might be able to play paintball and see each other, but yeah, we just wouldn't have it. So we're we're really reliant on him, and he's generous to us, and we we try to work together to just keep building. Like everybody involved just wants to keep building and. Seeing it, it grow and get back to where it was, and yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely a sweet family scene. Even though you know 
family. We're out there. We love each other. We would get around each other and support each other. But then, you know, when havoc goes against assassins, you know, we want to see people, like you said, stepping on necks out there. Like it's competitive yeah. <laughs> and it's just good. It's so good. Um, and we, you know, we've even commissioned a couple of trophies. My my boy Scout, who's just an excellent fabricator, he he uh, created what we called the dummy, and the dummy is like a, a derby trophy between sort of the two most competitive teams in South Australia. And and we just created this really awesome trophy that's an eternal trophy. And it's it's just to keep the fires burning, just between the two top teams. They just want to keep them hungry to keep tearing this trophy off of each other back and forth and keep the smack talk up. And, oh, man, I love it. Do they get to actually take the trophy home? And, and then you've got to give it give it to the other team if you lose? Yep, and you actually have to like, you know, walk over and hand it over. We had my um, my my boy Jim when the Jokers won at one time, and they had to give it up to Havoc. Jim had the class to to take a knee and hold it up to uh, to whomever he handed it off to on Havoc. Um, but now it's between Havoc and Assassins. They're the guys that are fighting for it. Yeah, well, it's um, you know, like you said, it really just takes, you know, the the backing of of uh of one person just to be able to throw it all out there and, and, and put everything on the line and give you guys a field to play on. So it sounds like Brenton's really, um, you know, behind this big, this big surge that we're seeing at the moment in South Australia. So, so yeah, good on, good on him. That's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. So skirmish SA, if you're ever in, in South Australia and you need some paintball, that's the, that's the place. Cause you know, we, we got to get around Rui cause he gets around us. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I'll definitely uh, it's I, I'm not sure if he's someone I've met before, but I'll I'll definitely be checking him out after this show, and uh, we might even have a chat to him one day. That's that sounds cool. Yeah, well, it'd be worth it. I I used to do some interview stuff, and I uh, I never got around to Rui. He's a modest man. I uh, you know, I don't, I think he would be up for it, but uh, yeah, he he just kind of likes to run the show from behind the scenes and make sure everyone's taken care of. Uh, like I said, he's a, he's a modest man, but he's definitely been around the traps. He's, he used to play back in the day and I'm sure he's got some stories. Yeah. That's what I, that's what we're trying to uncover here is uh, lots of stories about back in the day, just to, to shed the light on, uh, you know, w- w- what we've, what we were and, and how we got to where we are now. Mm. Um, so just then you were saying you were doing some interviewing stuff. Did you, did you want to share a bit about that and, and some of your, your, you know, you said you had other interests in paintball, some of your oh, side projects. Yeah, sure. I've, I've kind of had these like weird endeavors. I, I think I might have like ADHD when it comes to this sort of stuff, because I'll like throw myself at something for a little while and then it just becomes uh, really hard to continue. But case in point, uh, I, I have a YouTube channel, Wimpy617, if you want to check it out. I've, I've got you know, videos of videos of tournaments from back in the day. So like music videos. And um, towards the end there, I think when I was really hitting my straps, I was doing interviews with people and um, I took a lot of pride in them, but man, they were laborious. They took so much time and effort. And um, I did an interview with Kai and uh, I'd like to take a moment to just kind of publicly apologize to the man because uh, he's the, like the last guy I interviewed when I was just completely exhausted with this sort of media and uh, I just never got around to cutting anything together for the man. He was generous to, to give me his time, and then I just had to tap out. Um, and then I, I kind of turned my attention to photography. 
started, um, you know, getting out on the field and photographing events, photographing people watching events. Um, some of my favorite photos that I've ever taken have been in the pits at Super 7s, taking photos of people watching critical moments. And uh, I just get chills looking at some of them, you know, these photos of these guys, the high intensity of the emotion. It's just so good. Well, that's one of the things you, that is sort of missing a little bit from paintball is because everyone's wearing a mask. It, it is it is hard to to really capture that emotion and what's going through people's. I think it would be really interesting to actually be able to watch a game of paintball happen with no mask on all the players just to, just to see what's going through everyone's uh yeah, the different ranges that they're going through on their the looks on their faces. I think it'd be it'd be uh, interesting, but it'd probably be pretty funny too. I think people pull some pretty funny faces on those those goggles. Indeed, uh, yeah, I agree. I'm very thankful for the masks that I wear when I play paintball because I definitely catch myself making some pretty stupid faces. <laughs> but uh, you know, those I got to just say one more time that the the pits out there at sevens, man, just being being able to sit in a corner and watch Yosh Rao run the expendables is just awesome and being able to like be in there as like crisis is like winning a point losing a point winning a point and just this like roller coaster of emotion oh it's so good yeah it's it's interesting you say that um you know i ha- i don't get much chance to sit in the pits anymore but um i just yeah i feel that emotion like does come through sometimes you, you can really really see it, even up in in the booth and and you know, this last event, I had to watch it all from home, but, but it's um, a lot on the line at, at the Super 7s, and it's, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see, and um, uh, it's just something that I also enjoy about paintball, is just that you can pretty much be a, anyone off the street, and, you know, you you can come and sit and watch, like, be sitting five metres behind, like you said, Yosh Rao, and watching watching him run one of the best teams uh, to compete uh, in the country. It's uh, it's amazing. I think it's it's we're spoiled to be able to do the things we do. I agree. The level of access is is awesome. Like I've only come out to sevens a couple of times, but you know I feel like there's a couple of those U.S. pros that I, you know, I have a little bit of a relationship with now that you know you you wouldn't get that sort of access to be able to make a connection with those guys as easily in the states. And yeah, we're definitely spoiled. Um, if I may. You you know continuing with like some of those other endeavors we're talking about webcasts I also yeah, do want ahead. to point out I got um you know on that Wimpy six one seven YouTube channel we are also doing live streams of the piano series now and we've we've done it once it was like a really rudimentary approach we call it the imposter podcast or the imposter <laughs> webcast um, because what are we doing here we don't know what we're doing but um, yeah my buddies uh, Rob Scout uh, Kale and Jim have really helped me go out to Skirmish SA where there's no power and there's no internet and somehow, some way, oh. we are able to run a webcast um, and, and capture it live with commentary. Kale and I are in the, this booth, which is really just a tent with mesh around it. And um, we're, we're trying to build it up better and better each year. And we've got a, you know the upcoming piano event. Piano T10 is April 18th. And we're going to have another webcast up, and we're hoping it's going to be better, um, have a few more cameras running, uh, iron out some kinks. So, um, yeah, on that Wimpy 617 page is also where we'll, we're going to be streaming our uh, coverage of Piano T10 and, and all the other piano events. Yeah, also, so you said April 18th, is that right? April 18th, Saturday, April 18th is the, the next piano uh, event, yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah, awesome. I think it cut out for half a second when you said the when you said the uh, the date. I just wanted to confirm, so I'll definitely be watching that because, uh, to be honest, I uh, you know when we were talking uh, before the interview, I was saying to me South Australia was something that I knew there was always a scene there, but uh, it just seems to be it's hard to get the information on what's what's happening there. So all of this is news to me, and that piano series is um, brand new. So I'll, I'll definitely be be keen to check it out. I, lo- I love watching. Uh, I just love watching raw footage of paint people and just watching watching games uh, play out. So big big thanks to all you guys uh, for making it happen. I'll, I'll, I'll watch uh, watch anything as long as it involves paintball. It's good. Well, like like I said, uh, I did speak to um, Adam. Uh, over at sevens to get uh, an idea of how to set this up but man it, it does not compare to you know the the sevens webcast and nxl but it's something and it's free and it's promoting you know our champions and what we got and uh yeah we're it's so rudimentary but we're still pretty proud of it so now the scene's starting to build again in sa in south australia are you are you seeing that return of of teams from Western Australia or across from Victoria or even from New South Wales? Um, we, uh, yes and no. We haven't had anybody from uh, WA, but um, we've had a couple of uh, champions come from um, Victoria for sure. So we've had uh, Order 66 has had a pretty good presence over here. Um, you know, they're a pretty competitive team playing a lot of uh, NXL and like Vic Fives and uh, I think Vic Fives. And um I think they had a, I think they had a, a semi-pro uh, campaign at Sevens, um, and then there's um, Logan and his uh, team Spewis. They, they come over from Melbourne quite frequently, and they're they're a great Spewis. bunch. Yeah, Spewis. I, you know I've Spewis? never heard of them before. No, not at all. So that's that's cool. Well, yeah. let me just tell you oh, very very quickly. <laughs> so Logan and his uh, coalition of the willing have this team spew us, and it's just for the fun. They just want to have fun. They just want to play paintball. And the captain of the team is whoever spewed most recently. (laughs) (laughs) So they obviously are just in it for a good time. Um, And they've, they've, you know, they've put a lot of time and effort to come out to piano. And then um, also our last round we had uh, Belle Ching, who if you don't know Belle, you're missing out because she's, uh, she's so much fun. She's such a champion. Um, and Adam Simos, they, they flew in from New South to come and uh, hop on a team, to hop onto Order 66, actually. So we've had uh, yeah, a couple okay. people come from New South as well. Because I, I heard that, that Belle, like I saw her on social media, she sort of was the one to tell the, the Havoc, as far as I know, was the one to tell the Havoc guys, like, oh, no, you can come over. Like, you should you should give the Super 7s a go. So, um yeah, that's that's as as far as I got out of the story. So if that was the case, then it was it was obviously a good a good tip to to get them to come over. Yeah, and she uh, she pitted for them uh, when they played, and uh, yeah, I'm I wasn't there, but I'm confident that she was like integral in supporting those guys because she's um, she's good at what she does, and she's very generous, and she's a good baller, man. She's she's definitely a good baller. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, these days. I get stuck up in the booth, so I don't get to see uh, anything else except the the pros play. So it's it's a bit of a shame. There's there is a lot of good paintball happening, uh, you know, in Sydney, but I, it's always because because the uh, other events run on another weekend and 
the semi-pro events on the down on another field I, I i do miss out on a lot of that that i used to you know back in the day i used to used to get to watch a lot of that but um yeah it's it's it's, it's a bit of a shame but so a lot of these people it's unfortunately i know who they are but i don't i just don't know their their skills and abilities well, it's interesting because, you know, I've been paying attention for a few years now, and it's kind of cool to see some of those guys who I first started to know were on that semi-pro uh, level are now trickling in either wholesale as a whole team um, uh, or or just individual players getting pulled up into the, the pro division. So, yeah, the, the semi-pro division is definitely like, uh, you know, it's definitely um, important uh, to support the pro level as well you know it's like the the, the uh, proving grounds i suppose so well speaking of, of semi-pro how does the paintball or the tournament scene in south australia work do you guys have divisions there is there a, or is there just a straight open division yeah it's just an open division back in the day but back in 2009 2010 we had two divisions but everyone still played everyone and then yep. there were just points allocated and you know a first for pro first uh for semi-pro etc but right now we're we, you know i think uh we're, we're still very much building we had um seven teams at our last five-man event which you know that might seem quite modest but that's a very big deal to to be working back to seven five-man teams and um you know, I'm hoping that we're going to get eight five-man teams uh, coming up. We've got a couple of other interested teams that we're kind of pulling together. Um, so it, it, it's it's not flourishing enough that we can have different divisions. So it's just an open thing. And there are clearly some teams that are more competitive than others, but everyone's still getting around it and, um, you know, trying to get some wins, trying to get some points and being proud of what they what they can do, even if they're they're, you know, playing a team that's, much more experienced and aggressive or whatever it is. Yeah, I remember in Sydney it was exactly the same when I first started playing. There was there was two divisions, but you, everyone played everyone and I, I think some of the biggest lessons I ever learnt was when you when you were a newer team and you were playing those top tier teams and really getting it handed to you it was it was I I found it was a quicker way to learn lessons than if I was just playing against people of equal uh, skills. So it's it's probably better for those teams that are that are newer. Uh, coming in and and they might not win but they're definitely they'll be learning a lot more than if yeah if they were sitting in their in their uh their own wheelhouse you know <laughs> mm. and i think uh i think one one reason i love this sport is um that that learning curve where where you can go out not really knowing a whole lot and you can play and you can come off and then you just had a whole bunch of people at the nets watching you and they can tell you what happened and they can tell you what you did with and what you should have done and then you can watch the next team play, and then you can go, oh, wait a minute, now I see what they're doing. And you can just, you know, you, you learn so much so quickly because of the nature of the game. Well, it sounds like it's almost working full circle, you know, going all the way back to when you said you were on the field with your tipman and then uh, your friend pulled you aside and, and gave you gave you those tips and helped you one up and, and move on to the to bigger and better things. Well, that's it, right? And, you know... Once you once you kind of learn a bit and you get your feet under you, then it's time for you to pay it forward and and get around the next people coming through. If if not for just the, you know, it being the right thing to do, you, you got to do it so that you're constantly 
building the the scene and and developing more teams and more people to play with and more people to play against and it's what it's what we got to do oh definitely yeah it's it you know if you're not helping out that next generation or helping anything it's it, it does get pretty lonely uh as you know you guys have have seen and and we did see it in sydney as well uh for a while there you know we were struggling to get to get teams to come in so you've you've really just got to you got to put it out there and just help everyone even if uh you, you help them until they start beating you and then you ask them for for help <laughs> yeah so so what are your uh you know what are your current uh, moves like your current plans are we going to see you on a field at all this year uh with a gun in your hand or, or uh, look i'm not really sure i'm not really sure um I will feel that I have let myself down if I don't get out to another sevens uh, with the camera because um, it's just so thrilling to get there and to, like I said before, be in the pits and, and be taking pictures. And, um, you know, we're, we're quite distant here in South Australia, so I feel that I'm always trying to, to get to some events to, you know, catch up with people again and, and get to know people, different people and know people better and, so I definitely want to do that. Um, I did play at uh, Dwayne's, um, you know, at the end of the year, he had his uh, Wagga three-man. I played that at the end of last year, which was a lot of fun. Um, I was trying to get out to um, Sniper's Den. They were doing like an old school event, like center flag push event. I, I was going to try to get to that. Uh, I just don't know if it's in the cards. Largely, um, my goal is to build a couple of projects that I'm working on. One is the webcast. We know the yep. webcast isn't going to end up being spectacular, but we want to get it to a point where it's engaging. And you know, I personally think it's engaging, just because of, you know, I'm biased. But we want to we want to build that. We want it to be something that people want to watch, but we also want it to be a tool for teams that have played. They can go back and watch it and and learn from what they've done. Um, but my, my buddy Jim from the Jokers, he and I are also working on um, a clinic series here down in South Australia. And we've got two planned for this year. Uh, the second one is, is my buddy Jim's project. I'm going to leave him to talk about that. But uh, the first one that I've got on is um, May 24th. I've got Zach Hunter Kozerski coming over to work with the lads over here and, you know, and girls over here. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about cool. that. So I'm hoping that's another thing that we are building in, into like our repertoire is kind of organizing a couple of uh, players, competitive players that can can come into our neck of the woods and and help lift our community, lift our culture, lift our competitive nature, and um, and and also just help put South Australia on this on the map a little bit more. You know, that's another thing that we're doing and another thing that people can talk about. Um, just to to raise the scene a little bit. So that's those are the two main things. But um, yeah, I I'd love to play Yara. I wouldn't mind playing the Yara Ten Man. Yeah, uh, definitely looks good. I, I unfortunately haven't been able to get out there, but it's uh, it's a good field, and they get to play on the, the old school hyperball. So yeah, it's it uh, it's a it's a great setup they've got there. So I I hopefully will be able to play that one day as well. <laughs> very very so, on trend. Oh yeah, it's it's all coming around full circle now. Um, so uh, before we go, did you just want to let everyone know, you know, if they wanted to track you down on social media or check out some of your film? Did you want to give that another another plug again? Yeah, sure. Uh, so 
you know, I don't have a huge presence, but, you know, you can feel free to find me on Facebook. It's just William McDonald on Facebook. But I also have, like, my photography uh, profile on Facebook, which is just Wimpy617. Wimpy's been my paintball nickname for forever. So Wimpy617 is also my um, YouTube channel. So if you just Googled Wimpy617, you'd find me somewhere. And I'm, like I said, I've got my um, photography stuff is on Facebook. Uh, Wimpy617 is my Instagram, which is just my photography stuff. And then I've got my video content on YouTube is Wimpy617. Um, so, yeah, that's largely where, where you'd be able to see my stuff and get in touch with me. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so was there anyone before we go as well that you wanted to give a shout out to? Any sponsors or uh, any people? Yeah, if, if I could. Um, I don't have sponsors. I've got people. And I've already spent a lot of time listing the people that have really, you know, backed me and backed our scene here. Um, so I won't go into that. I, I would like to just take a second and just mention my wife, who's uh, just very generous. She's she's not really involved in the scene, but she knows how important it is to me. So she's always supportive. And I also just want to give a quick shout out to my buddy James and his uh, family out in Colorado. He's been a, a huge part of my life in paintball and very influential. And uh, he's uh, dealing with ALS, motor neurone disease, which is a pretty confronting thing. So they got a lot of challenges ahead of them. And uh, just wanted to say, I think about those guys often, and I love them. So I just wanted to take a moment to, to say that, and I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries at all. So that's, that's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real uh, real shame that. So, yeah, big big shout-out to all them, and hope hope everyone there is doing well. Um, last question I'll, I'll ask you before we let you go. Was there anyone yep. that you – think that you would recommend to to have on the show someone that you would like to hear their story or or uh, like to hear hear a bit more about yeah definitely and it's a tough one to narrow down i'm just gonna throw three names at you is that okay yeah, that's fine yeah go for it yeah <laughs> okay so mo from sydney syndicate mojo yeah that guy has traveled all over the world and has played with so many different people uh all sorts of tournament series that guy, um, he's very soft-spoken from what I know. I, I don't know him terribly well, but uh, I'd like to think I know him well enough to know that uh, he's probably got some great stories, and uh, he probably knows a whole lot more about the game than he realizes, so Mo would be good value. Yeah, um, not, not someone I thought about, so that's that's a, that's a heaps good uh, name. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am also uh, a quiet fan of Amanda Andrews, who okay. is a ref with Refs Inc., um, she seems to have a great time on the day, but she also has a real commanding presence. She really knows her craft as a ref. Um, and as I have a lot of time for her in the few times that we've hung out. Um, I think she would have a really cool perspective as, uh, you know, one of the, you know, the refs. It, it, she's usually one of the head refs at, at piano anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, but the, the one that I'd really go for is uh, Trinity. Trinity Hook of Shoot. Okay. Um, Mainly because, you know, the times that I've popped out to sevens and caught up with her, she's so affable and welcoming. Um, but she would have a really interesting perspective being a photographer at the, you know, the top level of uh, Australian paintball. Um, I think she would have some interesting stories, interesting perspectives. And uh, I just found her to be very generous with her time when I first got out there and was trying to find my way with my little camera. She was very... Um, welcoming and generous to me so i think trinity would be 
uh, a great a great interview as well yeah awesome so uh, that thanks a, a lot for that i'll uh, i'll let you off the hook for for giving me three names instead of one that's that's uh <laughs> they're, they're three awesome names so i'll uh, it, it's good to get some uh some female suggestions and and even uh you know like i i am trying to do on this show not just cover players so it's uh it's good to it would be good to hear from some other perspectives so uh hopefully soon we can uh yeah hear from hear from some of those people on the show so well thanks thanks very much will for giving up your time and uh it's it was a yeah awesome story i i uh yeah it's, it's great to hear people that you know uh love australia that much that they they move over here and make it their home and um yeah thanks thanks so much for sharing your stories and uh, and giving up your time hey scotty it was my pleasure um i appreciate what you're doing i'm sure it's it's taken a lot more work than people realize but i think uh i think this is a great endeavor so stick stick with it and build it up because i uh, you know i need more podcasts to listen to on my way to work yeah no, thank you very much and uh yeah, you've been a, a big help to me as well behind the scenes you've given me a, a few good tips that have helped me uh be a little bit more confident and uh and move on with the show so thanks very much will uh yeah that's all we have uh for today so yeah again thanks thanks for joining us will i'll I'll see you next time all right scotty thanks brother thanks once again for tuning into down under paintball and big thanks again to will mcdonald sharing all the happenings of the South Australian paintball scene and what's going on down that part of the country. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's inspired you know somebody to maybe get across and, and check out one of their events, or uh, you know maybe just to uh, have a look on the YouTube channel and check out that piano series. Once again, I'd just like to say a huge thank you to everybody who's tuned into the podcast, who's shared it around given us the likes on social media it means a lot to me i've tried to keep my shows as edit free and free flowing as possible so it's the workload isn't giant on me but it's still taking a little bit of time to get to to where we are now and every little like share and comment i get just means a lot to me it it helps me to realize that people are interested and i'm going to keep pushing forward so Thanks everyone for helping me share all these great Aussie paintballing guests stories. You guys are helping, you know, put uh, Aussie paintball back in the limelight and and I couldn't have done this without your help and without all these amazing guests I've been having on. So thanks again for everyone. This is Down Under Paintball. See you next time.